So years ago, a passenger boat named Lady Elgin pulled away from a Chicago dock uh, for a Lake Michigan excursion. Uh, the steamboat's decks and saloons were crowded with the partiers and pleasure seekers. The ship was packed. Uh, when partying finally settled down and passengers collapsed into their beds uh, deep into the evening, there was a huge thunderstorm that came up with forceful winds churning the lake. There was a lumber carrying ship named the Augusta that crashed into Lady Elgin. And Lady Elgin started to take on water. Once the Augusta finally separated from the Elgin, just left her to be on her own, leaving her stranded. Crew members stuffed mattresses into the holes and tried to use planks across the opening. But enough water got in and the water put the furnace out. So the ship was not able to go anywhere. Within half an hour, the ship broke up. And each passenger desperately grabbed to whatever they could to stay afloat until they reached the shore. They grabbed planks, floating cargo, whatever they could grab, desperately trying to weather this storm and get back to shore. But some who were nearing the shore were killed as the force of the breaking waves crashed heavy wood and cargo into them. The tragedy was adjacent to Evanston, which was 13 miles from Chicago. And as word reached Evanston, citizens and students came as fast as they could to see if they could help. A ministerial student by the name of Garrett at the Garrett Bible Institute named Edward Spencer tied a rope around his waist and repeatedly went into the breaking waves to try to save people and pull them out. After stretching himself to the limit, his brother took him back to his dorm room, fully exhausted. When he woke up, he had one question for his brother. Did I do my best? His brother looked at him and he said, you saved 17 people. 17 people. 17 people live because Edward Spencer sacrificed his life and kept going back in over and over and over. Over 400 passengers and crew lost their lives that night. But 17 were spared. But sadly, not one of the 17 ever came back to thank him. No one sought him out. No one said, thanks for saving my life. No one recognized him. Nothing. Kind of reminds me of a story that we see in Luke chapter 17. So if you'll go ahead and turn there with me this morning, we'll read it together. Luke 17, starting in verse 11. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. 
As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And no one has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner. And then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. The question that always plagues us is where were the other nine? Where was that thankful spirit? Where was that thankfulness of what Jesus had done for them that had miraculously changed their life? We know Scripture commands us to give thanks. Why? Because the presence or absence of gratitude in our lives is one of the most reliable indicators of whether we're walking closely with God or not. Let me say it again. The presence or absence of gratitude in our lives is one of the most reliable indicators of whether we are walking closely with God or not. We can give thanks in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 tells us that. To give thanks in all things. So when we give thanks, we can do that because we are close enough to God to trust Him fully and affirm His sovereignty. But not only is giving thanks commanded, it's also a choice that we have to make every day. Every day we have to make this choice to thank God. Every day we have to be obedient to his commands. Every day we have to look for how God is working and how God is moving. As I talk to our students and our young adults, this is what I challenge them with. Every week we have this moment where we go, what are you thankful for? What did you see God do in your life this week that you can give him praise for as we are here together? And sometimes there's answers, sometimes there's a lot of thinking, sometimes there's some puzzled looks. But I want you to know that there's always, always, always something that we can thank God for. Always. But it has to be a choice. Giving thanks is a conscious response that comes from looking beyond our blessings to the source of our blessings. It's not the blessing itself, but we become very thankful when we figure out it's God who is blessing us. And that's what we take comfort in. So as you recall the story in Luke recorded about Jesus encountering the ten leopards, you remember that leprosy was a dreadful disease. Not only did it disfigure the body, 
but it totally isolated and cut off its victims. Think about this. You, you couldn't work. You couldn't worship. Think about it. You couldn't even hold your own children if you had leprosy. And get this, if a person unknowingly approached you and you had leprosy, you had to shout out, unclean, unclean, to make a statement. So we know as one day Jesus was traveling, he passed through this village of Samaria and these lepers are standing there and they cry out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And Jesus did have mercy. And he instructed them to go show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, their leprosy disappeared. They were healed. The priest would confirm their healing according to the criteria laid out in Leviticus 13. And they were pronounced clean. So there's four observations I want us to look at real quick. As we think about this story in Luke chapter 17. First of all, we want to see that these men recognized their need. Recognized their need. If you look at verse 12, it says, As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, stood at a distance. And called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, Have pity on us. So what do we recognize? They stood far off. They were not near or close. They knew their restrictions. They knew their limitations. They knew what they could do and what they couldn't do. And they knew that there was a wall between them and the clean. So their disease separated them from Jesus. So that's the first step in turning to Jesus and coming to salvation. We must realize we have a sin disease that separates us from God. And Jesus is the only answer to that dreadful, dreadful condition. The second thing we see is this. Jesus wasn't too busy to stop what he was doing and give personal attention. How busy are you right now? I know in my life, I use that word a lot. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. But I wonder how many moments we've missed out on to have an impact on someone's life or to be used by God in a powerful way because we look and tell ourselves we're too busy. Jesus wasn't too busy to stop. I would say God has his hands full of holding this universe together and he still has time for you. Jesus saw an opportunity for ministry and a moment that could lead to a spiritual impact. And I wonder, as we go through this Thanksgiving season, as we move into Christmas, you're going to be busy But are you going to miss the opportunity? I hope you don't. I hope you see it and realize that those 
moments that you take can have a spiritual impact in someone's life. Third, what we see is this. These men showed great faith as they went. They showed great faith as they went. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And they went. And they went. They weren't clean in the moment. And you only went in, you only, when you went to the priest, you would present yourself. And if you weren't clean, you would have to go into isolation. And then you would go present yourself again. And if you weren't clean, you would have to go back into isolation. And this could be a pattern that happened over and over and over again. And not something that you would want to endure over and over again. But at the moment when he said go and they started to go and they stepped out in faith and they obeyed Jesus, they were healed. Because it says as they went, they were cleansed. When we trust God and then we obey God, faith is trusting and obeying even when we don't understand or we can't see the way. These guys had no idea what was about to happen. Had no clue. But God said go and they went. God said start walking and they started walking. It is very difficult to live by faith in your life. If it's not tangible, if I can't put my hands on it, if I can't see it, if I can't observe it, whatever. It is very challenging to be a person who lives by faith unless you're putting your faith in Jesus Christ. So faith doesn't always need evidence, it just simply obeys. And faith releases the power of God. So one man, when he realized that he was healed, immediately returned to Jesus, glorifying God, giving God the credit, and fell down on his Face at the feet of Jesus. Falling down at Jesus' feet communicates submission and worship. So Luke records, giving him thanks. Nine of these men were thrilled to receive God's blessing. Could you imagine the joy that they had? They got to go home. They got to be with their families. They got to go worship. They got to hold children. Maybe grandchildren at this point. I have no idea. Yet only one made an effort to come back and find the healer and fall down at his feet and thank him. You have received a lot of blessings in your life. God has abundantly poured out on you. And it's not, again, it's not maybe not always easy to see, but have you taken the time to thank him? Again, this should be a daily moment that we go through. I challenged our kids again and, and, our, and our young adults. Look, when you're doing your devotions in the morning or whenever you decide to do it, start off by listing five things that you're thankful for. Five things that God has done that you saw him do that you're thankful for. It changes your whole perception. It changes your whole outlook. It starts you out on the positive. 
Instead of going to God and just saying, hey, I need, I need, I need, let me go, hey God, let me thank you, thank you, thank you for being a God who loves and cares. And, and there's so many beautiful passages that we read about, but the one I love the most is where it says, he inclines his ear to me. He inclines his ear to me. Even my most desperate whisper, he hears. Last thing we want to see is this. There's a difference between feeling thankful and giving thanks. Feeling thankful and truly giving thanks. The other nine lepers were thankful to be healed. We have no doubt about that. They were excited. There was gratitude there, I'm almost sure. But only one chose to return and express that gratitude. He became aware of his blessing. He returned to Jesus. He gave God the glory, recognizing and praising the source of this blessing. So this passage clearly shows that God expects our thanks. Jesus asked, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Would he ask that of us? Did I not bless all of you? Have I not protected all of you? Have I not given you direction and given you guidance? Why is there only so few of you to come back and give thanks? May it not be said of us. So this morning, as we come to the Lord's table, let us pause to reflect and give thanks. Let's choose to give thanks for what Jesus did for us at the cross. So we're going to go into a time of communion, of sharing these elements together. And I want you to really take a moment just to be grateful. Because ultimately, our thanks lies in the fact that he sacrificed himself for us. He laid down his life for us. He gave us an opportunity to be reconciled to God that we would not have any other way. And so we of all have the most to be thankful for. And so as you think about that, and I want you to think about that as you take these elements. So let me pray and then I'm going to turn it over to George. Dear God, thank you again for this day and this opportunity to be together. We love you. Lord, we pray that we would be a people of gratitude, a people of thankfulness. Lord, especially as we come to your table. And we know the sacrifice that you gave for us. And Lord, how you continue to move in our lives and work in our lives and, and, and Lord, provide for us over and over and over again. Lord, I pray that we would recognize that and we would embrace it. And Lord, that you would use us for your honor and your glory. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.